Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the On Texas Football Recruiting Breakdown. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined by Justin Wells and Jerry Hamilton, both of On3 and InsideTexas.com. And uh, how's it going, guys? Oh, man, it's uh, it's going good. It's a great time to talk recruiting. I'm sure we'll have a few hundred Texas fans in here to talk recruiting with us today. We just want to take a bunch of their questions today. That's right. We'll be doing exactly that. Uh, you got plenty I mean, of time to get your questions. You're coming in. off a Texas Justin. win. <laughs> to me, that that's huge. Like everybody wants to talk about it, so let's talk about it. There's so much to talk about. <laughs> Nothing's off the table today. Hey, before we Mostly. begin, <laughs> before we begin, Jerry, I'm going to let you tell everybody about Goosehead Insurance and Chase Yarbrough. Yeah, we're we're uh, very lucky to have uh, Chase Yarbrough of Goosehead Insurance as the uh, sponsor of the recruiting breakdown. Uh, there are hundreds of insurance providers out there to choose from. But Chase and his team have continued to vet the very best. They select only insurance companies that deserve your business for home, auto, life, flood, and umbrella policies. With rates continuing to be on the rise across the great state of Texas, why not make one phone call and allow Chase to shop for you? Goosehead's the largest independent brokerage in the state of Texas, bar none. Contact Chase at chase.yarbrokegoosehead.com. Or give them a call at 325-261-7127. Uh, thank you again to Chase Yarborough Goosehead Insurance for being the sole sponsor of the recruiting breakdown. And uh, it's a good one to be at today. That's right. All right. Well, let's start with uh, Jerry. I know you put it. We talked about it a little bit this morning uh, on Coffee and Football. But you put in an RPM pick for an elite running back. And uh, I'm going to let you kind of talk about it for a second. Yeah, I mean, look, we've uh, Chad Simmons, I think, put one in earliest, then Justin Wells put it one in. Um, and, way, uh, back. way back, way back, <laughs> way back, way um, back. I I, uh, I I put one in this morning. Not that we all could, couldn't have done it this summer, but uh, put one in, put one in this morning uh, for Jordan Davison because look, I mean, it's coming off the Bama game. The one thing the Bama game did is I've kind of talked about this is. Um, um, you know, the 2024 is a lot of the haze in the barn. Does it help with some guys? It doesn't hurt, right? Um, but the 2025-2026 classes where this this really has meaning to me. Um, and I think you're already seeing it with some 2025 guys, especially with Davison, who you're in a you're in a battle with Ohio State and USC. Those are the three schools for him. I know Alabama's trying to get in there. Um, but Alabama was trying to win Saturday night too. And I think they're going to go for two in this one. So I, I think Tashard Choice has done a great job. Steve Sarkeesian has had decade plus, probably two decades plus of relationships around modern, modern day high. Brady Sarkeesian played at modern day. Texas is in a really good spot with Brandon Baker. Um, they're right there from Marcus Harris, 2025 receiver. That's a school you're going to see the Longhorns recruit at annually. Um, under uh, Steve Sarkeesian. But I'll just leave you with this. How dumb would I be to pick against a shard choice on his number one running back target? Next. Next. <laughs> he hasn't missed yet, so why would I allow him me to miss when I should just follow his lead? <laughs> no doubt about it. Well, hey, I know I know you what we wanted to talk about a couple of five stars, and Jerry King says we have a good shot at three more five stars. So I'm going to let you just go into that, Jerry. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Brandon Baker. Um, I think Texas is in a pretty good spot for Brandon Baker. Uh, Justin and I both have RPMs in. There's been some Oregon picks that are starting to flip the Texas way. Um, I think, uh, you know, he's going to go, going to go watch some volleyball at Nebraska this weekend for an official visit, and then he'll decide on September 24th. Um, but I, I really think this is Texas. 
uh, leading Ohio State, uh, Oregon, and Nebraska headed into this weekend. And look, Justin, I mean, I know there's a visit going this weekend, but you don't set your date without having a really good idea already. Uh, so I think Nebraska's up against it. Then Ryan Wingo, he, the biggest visitor this weekend in Austin, will be Ryan Wingo. Obviously, he's had a date scheduled for September 30th at Tennessee, too. We'll see if he actually makes that date. This is Texas versus Missouri right now with Tennessee on the peripheral as third. I think Texas is in a really good spot. I put in an RPM Sunday. Uh, I know Justin will love to jump in here on the Wingo talk. And, Justin, we got to bring up Kobe Black, too. He's a maybe for this Saturday. Um, obviously didn't visit LSU last weekend. And uh, we'll see how long this recruitment goes along as well. But Texas is in a good spot for three fives. Yeah, Um Talked to a couple people, talked to Ryan, talked to his father, talked to his coach, talked to a couple of sources close to the Texas football program on Wingo over the last few days and last night. And um, Texas has some confidence right now, and that's, that should be obvious. Uh, you, you do what you do, that, that that's big. Uh, Ryan's dad told me flat out, look, Sark knows how to get the football to his receivers, period. And as much as I've talked about Ryan, that was this big emphasis for him when I went and saw him in St. Louis in June or early July, rather. He wants he wants to go somewhere where the wide receiver will be an emphasis. And that's Texas. That's Steve Sarkeesian's offense. That's getting vertical. And so Ryan's coming this weekend. He's coming in. Will he take that um, to, uh, 30th visit to Tennessee, Jerry? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't, I don't have the best feeling about that right now. I can't confirm it, but I don't know. I do know that uh, here in a couple, few weeks, Texas is actually going to go see him for one of his games. And so uh, they're looking forward to seeing Coach Jackson again on the sideline. They're looking forward to, to connecting with those Texas coaches and staff. The family, it's really resonated. It's not just Ryan, guys. It's the family. They really like Sark. They really like what Texas is doing. And so right now, uh, I like your on-three pick. Uh, 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 your RPM of Ryan Wingo to Texas. I like that, Jerry. I, I think there's a, I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, <laughs> I'm a little upset I didn't do it. Um, but they're in a great place right now. There's no reason to to upset the cart. Just kind of let it go. But Texas is in a great spot. And talking to a uh, talk to a, um, a source close to the program last night, they, they've got some really good confidence heading into this weekend. As they should. Is it going um, to December? I'm going to say it again. It's not going, it's to, not December. going to December. No, none of these kids, not even, Micah Hudson, not even Micah Hudson could last until the Under Armour game. He wanted to jump on the 0-2 train, baby. These oh. guys don't really wait for December <laughs> or January anymore, okay? There's better things out there. Um, hey, the by the way, Carlos Carrion, um, he asked if Texas is going to sign a top five class again. The reason I wanted that question up right now, Blake, is we just talked about how it has to happen. Look. Here's the reality for Texas right now. There's three five-stars on the board that are realistic opportunities. We've had some Terry Bussey questions. Texas loves their young slot receivers. John I'll Tate update on Bussey. Yeah. I'll update on Bussey. Yeah. And, and, and John Tate, that's not happening. And John Tate Cook could play slot as well. Texas likes their young slot receivers. So the, the five-stars that are really impactful here in the rankings are the three we just talked about, Brandon Baker, Ryan Wingo, and Kobe Black. If you Texas is going to sign a third straight top 10 class, that's not, that's not even up for discussion. So the question is, are they going to sign a third straight top five? If they get two of those three guys, and I'm not saying they won't get all three, but we're just talking from a ranking standpoint. If they get two of those three, they're going to vault into the six, seven, eight range. 
in the, in the country. All yeah, at that point, it's a numbers game. 19, 20, 21 guys, 20 to 21 will count for this class in the final rankings with on three. Then it comes down to you're going to flip an offensive lineman, which I think Texas will. You're going to flip a DB, which I think Texas will at I this point. Too. If you add two of those guys and they're both top 200, 100, 300 type of guys, they are. then you know, you're sitting there in number four or five class. I, it's going to be hard to be anything higher than three because Georgia's class and Ohio State's class, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Not, out, not out of the equation for Texas if they just keep rolling up big W's here. Um, but that's really what it's coming down to is you got to win two of the three fives. If you win all three fives, then you're sitting there at the number three class at the end. And I really believe Texas will sign back-to-back number three classes with what else is out there. Then you factor in. DeAndre Robinson, Alex January, those guys are going to climb in senior rankings. The, the tape is there. Um, big kids catch up in rankings a little later. Both those guys will end up being industry four stars, top 250 type guys in the country. So that bumps you up a point at two other positions. Uh, Jordan Washington could be a senior bump as well. So you have to factor all that in. But if they win two out of three five stars, they're going to be knocking on the door. If they win all three five stars, they're busting through the door as a top five class. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get to some more uh, questions here. Obviously, like I said, plenty of time to get your questions in. This is y'all's time to ask both Justin and Jerry any any recruiting-related questions. And uh, let's see here. I'm actually going to start with a football one. That's the Super Chat. R. Gilbert 33 said, love the Milwee on the sideline info this morning. Does Milwee coach up Arch and Malik while the offense is on the field and what they should do? Really. No, no, that's during no. the week. In, in the game, he's solely focused on right there watching the quarterback on the field. Um, so, yeah, I'm, those guys are probably right there listening, but he's not turning and talking to those guys during a possession necessarily. Maybe if there's a stoppage in play or something, but no, not play to play. His sole focus is to maximize the quarterback on the field, and that's his job. And I think it's a great move by Sark. I said it this morning. I think it's a great move because Steve Sarkeesian, he's quarterback develop. He can help with quarterback development Monday through Friday and then in the offseason. But on Saturdays, he's not in the position to maximize that the quarterback position during a game. That was a really smart move to have A.J. Milwee come down to the sidelines and help maximize quarterback play in a game. I think it was huge for Quinn Ewers in particular yep. because that's kind of his style. He yep. likes that. He was used to that with Coach with Riley Dodge. He was used to that that face to face, you know, visual type of learning. I think that was the biggest key there. But yeah, he's all focused on in the game, in the moment. Arch and Malik are just holding the clipboard, praying they don't get thrown in the game. And then we're going to take a super chat here from Justin Yarborough. And by the way, thank you, our Gilbert 33. Uh, he says, will 25 be another two-back class? Are there any defensive tackle guys the staff are still recruiting in the 24 class? Likely a two-back class, likely. But I don't think it'll be two in between the tackle runners in this class. I mean, because with Christian Clark and Jarrett Gibson, those are both in between the tackle type of runners. Different runners, but it, both more inside runners. Not that they can't get outside, but you know, it's different. In this class, if you went out for Davidson, that's that guy. I think then well, they go, then you go for a role that outside. You know, Harlem Berry's a name. That's it. Harlem Berry's the name that'll be thrown out. We'll see what Texas does there. But a second back in this class, I think will be different than the two and twenty-four, and different than Jordan Davidson in twenty-five. If Texas wins out for Davidson. Oh, 24 class, D-line. Yeah. Um, I'll say yes. We'll see what happens. 
chat. And then we're going to jump down to one more super chat real quick, guys. This one from Dax Kelm. He says, wow. is the Koye and mom still coming to Austin Saturday? Justin shaking his head no. Mom was never coming. Mom was never coming. And I highly doubt that Danny makes it. I caught up with him last night. And after exchanging a, 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 a myriad of emojis and lyric music lyrics, <laughs> I don't think he's coming. Sounds like an interesting conversation. And, and by the way, like <laughs> by the way, and we've said it before, if even if a Koye make made the trip this weekend, if his mom doesn't come with him, he ain't going to Texas. She's been the one trip, Oklahoma. All right, guys. Rodolfo Escobel says, is there an update on Taz and some of the other 25 wide receivers? Yeah, Taz Williams actually told me this morning he'll be at the Texas game Saturday. So it, Taz Williams is scheduled to be at the Texas game Saturday. Where he is on the rank on the ranking order, that remains to be seen. He's in the uh, top five. I mean, uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, but we know that heading into this year, Ryan Williams uh, – Decarian Moore. Decorian Moore is number one. Yeah. Decorian is like one and then everybody else. Like you said, Ryan Williams. Taz Williams is in that top five conversation. We're going to have a few others. Andrew Marsh is in that conversation. We're going to have other guys no, that, that are sure. mentioned as well, but it's DK Moore and everybody else. Uh, we, we slightly disagree. It's Ryan Williams. This is, is this go back. This goes back to the Wingo recruitment. Ryan Williams is right there, but knowing oh, he's. Yeah. Really, Reclass to 24. Ryan Williams is the best receiver in the country. Uh, so Ryan Williams. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You said <laughs> Ryan Williams is better than DeCorey and Moore? Yeah, 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 I think so. And I, but I think they're both great. I don't think Texas thinks that, but they're both fantastic. I think they're, I think they're both great. Um, yes, yes. But, yes, uh, both great. Yeah, yes. But so the question is, how, how far down that list are they going to get? So there's some guys in contention, but here's the thing, too, guys. Junior year evaluations are two weeks in. This list is going to change some. Now it won't change at the top two or three with Marcus Harris, but it it'll it'll shuffle a little bit behind that. Okay, we got a big super chat here from Edmund Lee. We got to thank him, and he says players want to be with a winning team. Recruiting through the whistle requires more refreshments and road beef jerky funding. Hook 'em horns on Texas football is awesome. Edmund Lee, we appreciate it. Thank you thank, so much. Thank you, Edmund Lee. Okay, and then we have one here from Travis Acton. He says, have y'all heard any whispers of kids thinking about making visits to Texas after the Alabama win? Yes, yes. but I'm not, I can't say who, but it'll come out in the next couple of weeks. There you go. And it'll be a good one. We've posted a handful of guys that, that are expected, and we've also mentioned a handful that are also maybes for this weekend. But this goes beyond this weekend. This thing's going to pick up a lot of steam late September, early October. And then when they get to Dallas, that visitor list is going to be legendary. All right. Ted Appear with the tight end request. He says, who in high school is Banks targeting for 25 tight end? Besides the portal guy, who gets the looks? Bear Tenney is near the top. They really like Jan Van Dors Jack Van Dorslayer. There, they've been consistent in that recruitment, and that kid. I think his rankings are going to shoot up when he gets re-ranked. He is a phenomenal dude, great athlete, swimmer, long guy. You know, just that new prototypical top tight end. They love Bear Tenney out of Lucas Lovejoy, but he had you know he's from Arizona, and I think USC has kind of an inside track there on Tenney as well. But you know, Jerry, they're going to have to go big. 
in this cycle. I like Jordan Washington, but well, they're going to have to go. They're going to have to get a big guy, a big name, and they're probably going to have to get two in twenty five. They, they have to find they have to find that down through th- uh, field target is what they have to find. I mean, uh, the, the, there's some good players that are mentioned there, but they also have to find that elite athlete at the position that can they can make big plays down the field. Um, so we'll see where that goes real very early at that position for me that this is a tight ends, a position where some, some guys get ranked really early, but there's more of a development later in the recruiting cycle at this position. I think throughout the season, you're going to see two or three names jump up higher on a list right now than what they may be. And maybe some guys that you haven't heard of before, uh, realistically, but they got to find that athletic uh, seam type of guy, that guy that, that Sark can use like he uses JT Sanders in the passing game. They got to find that guy in that class. Uh, we have a question here for you, Jerry, from RJ Yarbrough. He says, not a recruiting question, but didn't Coach Irwin coach at Texas City before taking the Lamarck job? You know, I have to ask him on that. I I, I met him at Lamarck. Um, I know he coached at Italy prior to that. I don't know where he was at from Italy to Lamarck. I'll, I'll get that answer while we're going through this. I'll have that answer in three minutes. All right, let's ponder on that one for a minute. Okay, guys, Ruben Flores, he wants to know what the biggest remaining need in the 24 class is. And are y'all ready for Longview to whoop up on Lufkin this week? I'll take the East Texas question if you want the 24 class question. Now, go ahead with that while I text. The biggest text. remaining need are those are those five stars. I'll take this question while I text Coach Irwin. I want to get this answer. All right, Brandon Baker, that's a big need. You need that big tackle back in this cycle. Uh, Kobe Black, that's a big need. That's your man on the island at 6'2", 200 pounds. Uh, Ryan Wingo, you've got to have a big-time playmaking wide receiver in this class. You don't sign an Arch Manning the year before and not gift him with at least one or two of these elite pass catchers in the next cycle. And so those are your biggest remaining needs are the the big fish they have still on the line. Longview and Lufkin, buddy, over the last few years, and it's always a game, it's always a game, but Lufkin had cycled down, whereas Longview had kind of cycled up a little bit and, and played really well. Even when the even in that re- regard, Longview had kind of had the, the, the top hand over the last few seasons. There's no whooping anymore. Lufkin's trending back up, whereas Longview might be kind of parallel <clears throat> on that. On, on hey, the Justin, quit dancing. Put in a game RPM right now. Who you got? <laughs> Don't dance. You can't dance. I can't dance. I know that. Who are you picking? Lufkin. Uh, there you go. Because Taylor Tatum, one of the top tailbacks in the country, is going to have to go. <laughs> Taylor Tatum has run against McKinney. He's looked great. He's looked great in his first few games of the season. That defensive interior for Lufkin, they're rotating guys that are 6'2", 6'3", 300 pounds. A rotation. Okay? Let, let me tell you, Lufkin is cycling back up. They got a good quarterback that's a solid kid. They've got good running backs. They got one big running back. They were just Young, Young. They got a 2025 running back that's like 225 pounds. And they got some young cats. Isaiah Menifee, a big time veteran safety in the backfield. He's committed to Lamar. This will be the year Lufkin turns it. I think Lufkin beats Longview. It's going to be close. John King's teams never get blown out. It's like it's like against the law. Uh, by the way, but Lufkin's winning this year. By the way, I'd hate to be uh, at a Longview practice Monday if they lose to Lufkin. God. This week. 
John Jenkins the most, practice most, inter, most entertaining high school practice I've ever been to. And my favorite is when John King has uh, got a little fire that morning. It's That's hey. my favorite high school practices I've ever been to in my life. I don't know if I've ever heard more MFs strung together. <laughs> it's almost orchestra-like. It's, I mean, it, there's a harmony <laughs> to it. I was there a couple of years ago, and they had dropped a few passes in some pass scale stuff. Like warming up during before practice, he lost his mind. Like the, it, 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 and and you know what? That's why Longview kids play so hard. That's why they're so prepared. That's why they're always going to be competitive in games. Because John King is a hell of a coach and an even better man. You're right, Jerry. You do not want to be at that practice the next month. Or you do, or you do, just not as a player. Uh, somebody's asking. Don't record anything. Somebody's asking about the walking hit stick. That's Josh Lair. I saw him Thursday. I was out at Marshall's game for a little while. You know, it's just going to come down to how hard Texas pushes on this yeah. one. I, I think Texas is where his mom his mom wants him close to home. He was at Washington this weekend. And, and let me tell you, mom may not want him that far from home, but I, I think he'd pick Washington over Baylor. So it really comes down to how hard Texas pushes. But I think the kid's a really good player. And, and that's, one, that's one in recruiting that's interesting in Texas because the Texas schools – uh, you know, is Texas going to push for him or not? Well, Washington's ranked in the top ten, and they want him. Then those guys are pretty good over there too. He, Josh Lair's a really good player, probably a little underrated nationally. Uh, people are asking about uh, Don McKinley. Nothing new there. Um, um, we'll see what happens. That one might surprise me a little bit, honestly. I I don't see a flip, but it's September. Very early. All right, Justin, we're going to stay in East Texas for a minute. Clay Copeland says, what level of prospect is the quarterback from Carthus? Is, is he Haynes King's level? G.J. Kent, Kenny level? What's your thoughts? Hey, first of all, good to, good to see you, my man, Clay. Clay Copeland out of White Oak High School, former fantastic baseball player at yeah. University of Texas, Tyler. Yeah. Listen, Copeland was one of, the best base, one of the best hitters I've ever seen. He's a good kid and a great athlete, even better person. Jet Surratt is coming up. Now, I like Surratt. But I've watched a couple of his early tapes, and he's he's not at Kai Horton level yet. He's not at that that elite quarter. No, I wouldn't say elite. He's not at that the top top. You know, getting up their level. But he's young. He's only a sophomore. He's young, and so give him some time. Give give Surratt some time. You know, his dad's going to scheme open every single thing in front of him. You know, he's not going to make mistakes. He's always going to know where to go with the ball, and he's got a beast behind him in KJ Edwards who, it, it, you know, is going to pop into Austin over the next few weeks to catch a game. Him and Tashar Choice are still building that relationship, caught up with him recently. But Surratt's going to be a kid. He's going to get offers. He's already has a handful. I think Houston jumped in. Uh, I want to say a couple others as well. But I got to see him grow a little bit, and I got to see him mature. I got to see him go through the system a few years because right now that he doesn't necessarily have the arm talent just yet. He's got all the smarts. He's and he knows it. You know, he's been he was born in that locker room. He was he was raised in the video sessions. He knows exactly where the ball goes at all times. He just needs to feel into his body. Not to mention, he's one of the best golfers in the state of Texas. I was gonna I was gonna say he has so that could go either way. He has GJ Kenny's feel for the quarterback position. Uh, for sure, which is a very, very good feel. He is the best golfer of the trio, and he's and the Haynes King feel with the dad. By the way, co coach. coach Coach Brian Irwin was at Hillsboro as the head coach before Lamarck never coached at Texas City. I couldn't remember if it was Italy 
to Texas to, to Lamarck, or if there was a stop in between, it was Hillsborough. There you go. All right, we got another super chat, guys. Rudy Serda says, Is there an elite pass catching tight end that's leaning Texas? I don't know what else the recruit needs to see from JT Sanders, constant targets, and his numbers. I think you'll see Texas look in the portal in 2024. Uh, with yeah. the, you know, they. They have, they have what they have in the high school class. Jordan Washington, they like a lot, and I like Jordan Washington a lot as one of those tight ends who can get down the field, can, can hit, hit, hit you in the seam, can stretch the field vertically, can definitely run past linebackers, has 50-50 ball skills. He's that basketball rebounder that can go chase the ball in the air. But I, I, think, the, I, I, I think they'll look in the portal at tight end for some experience next year. That's So portal recruiting, guys. Just as important as high school recruiting, finishing out this 24 class. They're going to have some needs, and tight ends one of them. All right, and then we have another super chat. Uh, this one from Chesty Wyatt. He says, Lobos will not lose to Lufkin. Long view by 21. 14 <laughs> starters from last year's team. Taylor goes for 200, and he'll be driving from Dallas for the game. Jesse, drive careful, drive safe. You're going to see a great game. Longview is not winning that game by three touchdowns. They may win. It's going to be close. But I'm trying to explain to you, Jesse, Lufkin is trending up. And I don't know if you remember in the past, but when they trend up, they tend to whip people. And listen, Lufkin plays hard. They mirror Longview a lot in their personalities. Those kids are just they're just tough, tough-minded, strong kids. By 21, no, nah, but it'll be a good game, Jesse. Be safe driving in. Uh, next question is for you, Jerry. It's from Ethan Wells. He said, we've heard you talking about the Bama game and its effect on the 25 and 26 classes. Who do you think to, or who do you look to in those classes as targets, both on offense and defense? <clears throat> 26, Texas doesn't really truly have targets there. So that that's kind of out in the weeds. There's guys they like, they've offered, but they, they haven't started. That's not a recruiting board type of thing yet. Um, 2025 is interesting because, it, you know, you're two, there's two D linemen in the state that are for sure guys at Texas would take right now. Zion Williams at Lufkin and Dylan Battle at Mansfield Timberview. There's a little more depth at that position in state in Texas in 25. Those two guys are, they're, they're going to be elite, uh, nationally recruited guys. Um, linebacker Jonah Williams is a guy Texas would take absolutely Ooh, right now. I love he plays him. safety. He's got to continue to get more physical. But it's coming as he gets stronger. I think as he gets stronger, his confidence is, is coming in that regard. Um, very talented baseball player. He's going to get drafted. He, he, that's going to be a part of the equation on the college level. The MLB Most candy pitchers always get love. Yeah, and he, he's going to be a, he's going to be an outfielder. He's got a right fielder arm. But um, you know that's one. You know, obviously KJ Lacey's in the fold. Uh, there's a number of D linemen. Outside the state of Texas, too, Brandon Brown and, and O'Galley in Melbourne, John Simon at Jacksonville. I'm going to see those guys next week. Um, so the, Texas is going to be recruiting a lot of those guys headed east now. Running backs, uh, you know, look, Southern California, Jordan Davison at running back. Then you have Louisiana, Harlan Barry at running back. Then you have Marcus Harris, the receiver out at Modern Dan 25. Obviously, you have DeCorian Moore. You'd love to flip. Uh, but Ryan Williams is going to reclassify to 24. Uh, so he, we won't, we got to stop talking about him. At you weren't supposed to say that. Uh, oh, you it's out there. To... It's out there publicly. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's out there. Um, but uh, yeah, it's out. It, it won't happen until it won't happen until late. In he won't get done with schoolwork till May. That won't be a thing. That's a thing that he's working towards. 
Um, but he's still got to go get the work done. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, there's, you know, 25. I mean, again, they're evaluating all these guys this season. The in-house recruiting staff is evaluating guys. They're bringing guys to this staff. And here's the reality. That um, at weekend after Texas OU, now Texas coaches have been out on the road a little bit, but that weekend after Texas OU, that's Texas off week. Uh, A.J. Milwee's going to see K.J. Lacey that Friday, but you're going to see the Texas staff dispersed around the country, and you're they're going to go see their, their top 25s, or if there's a 24 target left. But they're going to see, see a lot of top 25s that week on the road recruiting. Gonna, yes. Yeah. And they're going to see a top 24 when uh, Texas will be in uh, to see Wingo on that bye week. Yeah. And, and, and remember, Texas fans, these first few weeks of the high school season, they're reevaluating a lot of these yeah. kids. So where they hit that off week is going to be telling on mm-hmm. who they like on junior tape pretty early in the first half of the year. Good call. All right, let's move on, guys. And um, I know we kind of alluded to this earlier. Justin, I'm going to let you take this one. Terry Bussey still going to AM by Champ Bailey 3. Far as I know, he's been a, a hard AM lean for a while. I give him respect. I mean, I think he's really listening to Alabama and Texas and LSU and Oklahoma. I think he's giving them a legit shot, but I think his mind is made up. And unless someone changes his mind, unless he appears miraculously in Austin this weekend to watch Texas, Wyoming, and hangs out with some of the recruits and commits, uh, I still think this thing has painted maroon all over it. He's going to take an official visit to AM in October. To me, that's the biggest telling of all. Uh, and then, of course, after the Alabama win, Keelan Robinson went over to the recruits at the Alabama game, told them all to come to Texas. So Bob wants to know, with Keelan going after Alabama's recruits sitting there, does that change anything? No, because a lot of those kids are from Georgia and Texas still has to – that's the toughest nut to crack. Uh, and a lot of those kids are 25s in the stands, right? I mean, that's the reality. But uh, th- that's that, to me, is the biggest thing that came out of the Texas-Bama game, other than it got 8.8 million viewers. That game actually outdrew Dion waxing Nebraska. Uh, those two games were going to dominate the, uh, the TVs. But the, the toughest state to recruit for Texas moving to the SEC right now, the level Texas wants to recruit it at is Georgia. Um, and there were more Georgia kids in the stands at Alabama Saturday night than in the other state. That was a marquee recruiting game for Alabama. They brought in a lot of the top underclassmen kids there. Uh, that's the state. I mean, look, Deshard Choice is trying in there. Kyle Flood tried on Daniel Calhoun. They finished second, right, on Daniel Calhoun this year. But for the very top guys, that's a tough state to get into right now and crack. But I will say this. I like that Texas recruiting in Georgia. I'd love to see them south, recruit South Georgia. Because the reality in that state is the third best state in the country right now, in my opinion, for producing talent. And if they have 80 Power 5 players, then Georgia's going to sign 14-15. That leaves a lot of really good players out there. Clemson's made a living in that state. Tennessee under Fulmer made a living in that state. Uh, Florida State, those schools, Georgia, I mean, sorry, sorry, Florida State, Florida, Auburn, they all can make a living in Georgia, and they don't have to be the top 10 guys that go to Georgia in the state. Um, they can be – there's a lot of talent in that state. There's a lot of depth at every position. So, we'll see if Texas uh, – I'm I'm guessing that off week to shard choice appears in the Atlanta area. I'll say that. I was just about to say that. Listen, Texas – if Texas fans like to shard choice already, just understand he is helping them plant a flag in Clemson. He yeah. is helping these guys get to Clemson – I mean, Clemson. <laughs> Good Lord. Jerry's talking about Clemson. To choice, it, it, it's his K, his K, 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 connecting with a lot of those kids. Justin's K. Klubnik fanboy just came out. 
Actually, <laughs> you somebody sent me a meme last weekend, and it and it was the it was it was Snoop Dogg when he got off a trial. At, 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 you know, when he was in his court and he, and he got, he was, he was, it was, they called him innocent and he's like sitting there with his lawyer. And it's like all the people that tried to say that Kay Klubnik was better, the Quinn Ewers effect, because people know my, my takes. I always had Ewers over Klubnik forever and I still do. But that meme, they hit hard. <laughs> all right, the next question is from Helio Castillo and he says, besides the offensive line recruiting during Sark's tenure, what other positions has the staff recruited the best so far? Running back, D line, yeah, secondary. Um, I, I think D line edge combined is starting to look really good. So here's why I say that: um, two of the in, in 2022 class, which Bobby Burton, I'll have a video out later going over the 2022 class. We're going to start to do some of that for all, all you guys on on Texas football. That was a class of developmental players. Jare Bledsoe was as talented as anybody in that class athletically, but he was also as raw as anybody. Ethan Burke, raw, but very talented, had a lot of upside. Chris Ross, hell of an athlete with length, right? You're starting to see these guys develop now. Ethan Burke's going to be an NFL draft pick. Jare Bledsoe will be one day if he just stays upright and at it and avoids major injury. He's going to, he's coming on. Next year, Jare Bledsoe is going to be what Ethan Burke is this year, in my opinion. Then Chris Ross is past rush ability. He's starting to show some signs, right? Aaron Brown will be a solid guy uh, anchoring against the run. He'll have a role maybe like Trill Carter had at Minnesota if he's if he stays with it and keeps adding weight and strength to his frame. Uh, but they, I think D-line, they've done a good job recruiting all the way across the board. Um, and, and you're starting to see those guys develop because it's not Adwater instant player. You have to develop defensive linemen. And then um, – you know, outside offensive line, as, as Justin said, DB has been tremendous. Those are more impact guys. But I love quarterback. What, yeah, well, quarterback's obvious. Um, but I, here's what I love about DB. This is your recruit through the whistle for all the Texas fans that love that term. Jelani McDonald, Warren Roberson, senior year evals. And they're two of the better freshmen in the class of a great freshman class, it looks like. Uh, so DB, Terrence Brooks, recruit through the whistle on him. He's committed to Ohio State. Um, obviously his father played at AM. You recruited through the whistle there. So I think that I think the development in this program, watch that for on defensive line long term. Okay, guys. Next question here is going to come from Chris Young. We're going to talk about Wingo again. He says, Why is Wingo the number one wide receiver for Texas? Um, because he's watch AD Mitchell play, and he's a lot of that. I, I think that's the best thing I can say. He's a thicker frame. Maybe yeah. not quite as tall. He's six one and a half, two oh three on his Texas visit in June. So you're looking at a guy that's going to tap out around six two, two ten. But he's that outside receiver. He's that strong, big receiver. He's a 50-50 ball winner type receiver. He's a guy who's tough to play press coverage against because he will run through your press coverage. Uh, he's got really good feet. And Texas needs outside receivers. When you look at what they're going to lose this year, yes, they're going to lose Jordan Whittington. But they really like DeAndre Moore. They really like Ryan Niblett. John Tay Cook can play anywhere on the field at wide receiver. I think he's got that much versatility. So they needed size at receiver in this class. Parker Livingstone has some of that. Obviously, Freddie DeBose isn't a small receiver. Uh, he's 6'1", and about 180. But then Ryan Wingo's uh, he's another level physically. So I, I think 
Then there's also the fit. I think Ryan Wingo is a really good fit for Steve Sarkeesian's offense and Steve Sarkeesian's program. Uh, before we move on, y'all, I'm going to tell everybody about Goosehead real quick and Chase Yarbrough of Goosehead Insurance. Um, you know, he sponsors the recruiting breakdown, but I can also tell you from personal experience, he's the best out there. I personally use him. I have for a good while. I'm moving into a new house right now, and he's actually the first call I made after purchasing it. Uh, him and his team, they vetted the best. They select only insurance companies that deserve your business for home, auto, life, flood, and umbrella policies. And Goosehead is the largest independent brokerage in the state of Texas. So contact Chase today at chase.yarborough at goosehead.com or call him at 325-261-7127. And of course, we want to thank him for sponsoring the recruiting breakdown each and every week right here on, on Texas football. Absolutely. Thank you to Goosehead Insurance. And uh, keep bringing those questions. We're ready. We can bring football questions too and recruiting questions. We're here for all of it. <laughs> That's right. All right, we got a super chat, guys, from John Campbell. He says, mentally, these young kids seem different than years past. What are the things that Billy Glasscock looks for when passing names off to the staff? I think it's more of a staff as a whole um, on yeah. that. I mean, because, I mean, Billy Glasscock, he's, they do a lot of the film evaluation, right, and, and the recruiting in-house staff, they make calls, right? They talk to high school coaches, people, uh, but they're still that in-person meeting. And a lot of times, Glasscock, meets those guys when the staff does, even after if the staff goes by high school, right? Um, but I, th I think, look, I mean, I think all these coaches that are doing it really well, um, th there's the coachability part of it. There's the uh, uh, kids that show a little attention to detail at a young age. I mean, the kids that really care about it, and that's attention to detail at a young age. Are you on time? Do you listen? Are you coachable? Can you be reached when you're facing adversity by coaching staff? I, I mean, your years in this business, one thing you see is you, you see some highly ranked guys that throw a helmet on the sideline. They put a towel over their head and they're totally despondent if things aren't, aren't going there well. Those kids tend to not make it um, over time or those are guys are built for this the portal nowadays. I'll say that. Uh, but so after the athletic traits, you know, uh, the mental eval. I mean, look, you got to trust high school coaches. Then you got to get those kids to your campus and check those boxes and confirm those things. But I think some mental maturity at a young age is really big. Um, that's where I think Texas has done a good job. And Sarks talked about this preseason and press conferences. Anthony Hill, Malik Muhammad, Jonte Cook, <clears throat> so many of those early enrollee guys, they didn't come in with the uh, we're part. Of, I was a five star, part of number three ranked recruiting class, and this is just going to happen mindset. Um, they're coming in working like they're a three-star kid with a chip on their shoulder. And, and if you can find enough guys like that, you have a really talented, really talented team and really great locker room. The hardest thing for college coaches, in my opinion, in any sport, is after you've reached a great level of success, and Sark will have to face this one day here at Texas, those next wave of kids that come in, they just kind of expect it to happen, and they don't understand the process of how it happened. And that's the hardest thing for coaches is that you face that. So you got to continue to recruit those same minded kids that built your program. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. And moving on here, we have a question uh, from Champ Bailey 3, and he says, did the Texas win push Texas over the top for Michael Fasusi? I think Justin and I agree on this. Texas was already top rope in that one. Oklahoma's second. I have a story that's going to be posting here in just a little while, actually, probably about 20 minutes. And he gives a quote in that story. And since the story is already going to be posted, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little nugget. He mentions a school as his top team. I'll just say that. There you go. Congratulations to Clemson on that. <laughs> Listen, OU is strong there, but uh, strong. Gary. OU strong. strong there. USC's making an impression. He's probably going to make a visit out there in a couple weeks. Um, but yeah, Texas, Kyle Flood is doing exactly what Kyle Flood does. Hey, Ryan uh, Nelson's got a great question. I, I was actually about to ask that one. Jerry and Justin, talk about how good of a talent evaluator Matt Gundy is. You don't so win I that much in Stillwater without a incredible. great evaluator. I think Gundy on offense and in yeah. general, Gary Patterson on defense were running laps around people in Texas for years and years on just straight evaluation of high school prospects. Um, I, I, there is a, those guys evaluated such a high level. Um, and, and I know here's the recruiting game though, right? If you recruit a bunch of, if you have to recruit more three stars, lower four stars, you're going to look great because more of those guys are going to turn out. Right. So you can say, Hey, we hit on six, three stars in the 2016 class. And those guys got drafted. Well, yeah, you signed 20. Right. I mean, so there is that part of it, but I think they've done such a good job evaluating i mean james washington is always a great one for me right i mean guys that came out of the state of texas that weren't as highly ranked didn't have the offers and those kids ended up being nfl draft picks but i still think part of that evaluation process doesn't change is when you talk to those kids do they actually have it i mean there you can you can find 30 really good high three-star players in texas that aren't offered by Texas, Texas A&M, or Oklahoma, or LSU. But you still have to make decisions on those. And, and I think they do a good job with the mental evals, both of those guys on both sides of the ball. they If there's two schools that evaluate talent quicker, quicker in small towns in, in Texas, especially East Texas, you just named them, Jerry. Yeah. Gary Patterson and Mike Gundy. Oklahoma State and TCU will offer these kids – earlier than any other program outside of probably UTSA. And that's that they, they are in for these athletes. They are in, they're good evaluators at this stage. I just wonder, and it's the same with Gundy and Patterson. Has it passed them by? Because Gundy hasn't recruited with that fervor that he did 
over the past few years. Patterson, you know, he's probably cutting a record right now. And so it's kind of funny how both of those guys have sort of dissipated in what they were so good at over the years. Well, now they're going to have to deal with Dion in the Big 12 recruiting in DFW. So their job just got a lot tougher. Dion's not going to be in Colorado by the time they get to Big 12. He'll be the new coach at Florida. (laughs) And Florida State will lose their mind. Uh, Johnny Paradis says, Jerry, Justin, Texas flexed its muscle on the field this past Saturday. What's an example of them flexing their muscle and recruiting in this class and next year? I think I think it's how many states they go into for prospects. I mean, look, they, they, they continue to be very good in Arizona. Um, they have a chance to make a couple of statements out in California again in, in this class. I mean, that's what I look at. They made big statements in Florida. Now, I mean, that they've made big recruiting statements in Florida. They made big recruiting statements in Louisiana. Um, gets a little tougher in Alabama, especially, you know, with, with Nick being at Bama and now Hugh Freeze being at Auburn. That's a little tougher sledding. Um, Georgia's obviously the toughest one yet. That If you went into Georgia and got pulled a kid or two, that maybe it wasn't Georgia, but you beat Clemson, Florida, Auburn, Tennessee on – then you're starting to make a statement in Georgia a little bit. And those are the recruitments that are the toughest. But I think Texas has done a very good job uh, recruiting nationally. Um, again, in this class, look, Texas has a chance to make a first statement in Missouri in a long time at this level. Um, so we'll, they have some statements, I think, that are left to be made. When's the last time Texas was a runner-up for a big receiver in Missouri? I'm going to throw a name at you, Jerry. I think well, you know where it's Boyle coming. Green Beckham. That's an Boom. Yep. Now, by the way, uh, Tetapore won. I don't know. Colin Simmons was a statement. Yes, you beat everybody in America for the number one uh, prospect in the state at the number one high school in the state as far as producing talent right now. At a position that you hadn't been recruiting at a high level yeah. previously. Uh, David Keith Williams, uh, is Corey Gibson open to playing safety? Corey Gibson has been yeah. open. He wants to start his career at corner. But he's never been one that says, I have to play corner. He just wants a chance at corner. See what happens after that. Any conversation I've ever had with Corey, it's been the same thing. I, I want a chance to play corner, but then I can play anywhere in the secondary. So I, he's not a closed-minded kid at all with his position. He just would like a shot at corner. I think he has the body and the frame for corner. For sure. He's not as big. Even though he has filled out over the last year, he's not as big as like you would see maybe in a prototypical safety but he has a perfect corner frame. He does. And, and so I, with these DBs, David Williams, just understand, Texas loves to cross-train these guys. They he, And these DBs love knowing there's five of them on the field usually at, at, any, at any given time, which gives them more opportunities. Kobe Black loves that there's versatility there, that he could play the field or boundary side of, of corner, that he could sneak in in some nickel and maybe a big package like – that to me is a big thing, and just understand with Corey and Gibson, there's he's still talking to Texas. That that that's not dead. So just just those Wardell Mac. These things take time to play out. Woo! One of them, Jerry. I'm telling you, one of them's probably going to happen. I think one. Of them I just are. don't know which one yet. Yeah, it'll have to play out. Yeah. Uh, by the way, King Mead, this Christian Clark's running star. Mind anyone of Bijan of Bijan Robinson? No, not for me. Bijan is just so laterally electric as i call it he's not barry sanders but he's close as far as laterally electric that nobody's barry 
They have um, similar body body frames, but, I think. But what, the way Barry moved, you would think all his ligaments would tear out of his body. That was just a little different. Just look at the old angle photos of Barry Sanders when he at five eight two ten. It's Barry's not the greatest physically happened. Um, Christian Clark, who does he remind me of? Um, Ricky Waters. <laughs> Ricky Waters. Uh, uh, I, I was trying to think of somebody in college right now. <laughs> yeah. He has the same body style yeah. as Bijan, and I think that's why people kind of want to see a comparison there. But he reminds me of some of the Wisconsin backs, not Ron Dane. Might, maybe a Melvin Gordon. He, he reminds me of some of those Wisconsin backs a little bit. He does have – Jonathan Davis. What, what he does, Christian does well, he does have that one-cut ability, but he's not going to sit there at the college level. And things you can do at the high school level don't translate to the college level sometimes. He's not going to sit there and dance and make three guys miss in a one-and-a-half-yard one spot. That's not the way he'll do it. He'll make one guy miss, and then he's going to use his lower body strength, which he has a lot of when you see him in person, and he's going to run through you after that. Uh, that's the type of runner he's going to be. Um, you know, he's not hes not unsimilar to uh, Jordan Davison in 25 class, honestly. They're very similar frames and ser- very similar running styles. All right, guys, we got a couple of super chats we need to knock out real quick. This first one from Tim Salinas. He says, why is Trey Owens a three-star? He looks like gold, in my opinion. He could he could get to a four-star. I think that's kind of his ceiling. But that's a good question because I, I, I like Trey. I like what he does. I think if Sark and Milwee make a, an evaluation on a guy, especially a quarterback, I don't necessarily question that. It seems silly to do that, especially with, 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 with what they can do and, and how they recruit. But – Trey, to me, ceiling is probably a mid-four-star. And I think with a good senior season, that can happen. I also think there's other guys that are more in the state this year that are a little more, I don't want to say popular, but they're a little more available on social media. They're a little more active on all the uh, on different platforms. They're, they're, they're more about it's, – it's hard to kind of explain, but Trey's a well, little under the radar simply because he doesn't do a lot of me, me, me whereas you see some of that, some of these other quarterbacks in this class. And, and I think two things, too, there from evaluation standpoint, fair or not, he didn't make Elite 11 finals. So you don't go out there and get a chance to perform on that national stage with the other 11 supposed best quarterbacks, which it's an on-air competition, but it does matter. You get out there in that scenario. So I think that, from a ranking standpoint, might – have hurt him, whether it should or not. That's the reality of recruiting sometimes. The other one is he's a purely – I mean, it's not that he doesn't have movement skills. He's a pocket passer. So, guys, that there, there's going to be some – there's such a movement here to the athleticism, athletic traits at quarterback. He yep. may not naturally have some of those, um, but that doesn't mean he doesn't throw the football really well. He's really good player in the pocket. Right, and then we have a super chat here from Pocasino. And he says, seeing ESPN's NFL map showing week one players on rosters from each state, Texas was number one, Florida was number two. We have lots of reasons to keep those keep in those states. 100%. I mean, look, and that's the great thing about the SEC region, guys. I don't have the per capita numbers in front of me. Maybe Ryan Nelson or somebody in this chat could find them from the last two, three years. But – uh, your per capita, Texas is going to have the the most guys. But what makes the SEC so good? Why why SEC wanted A and M to bring Texas into the SEC? Texas has the most players. They have the highest population. They have, but they have that they're going to have the most Division one players. And coaching is great. Athletic periods, the whole setup. After that, your top per capita states in the country, you start heading east. 
Florida, Mississippi, Louisiana, those states, your per capita hit rate are really, really high. Um, so when you combine all those SEC states with Texas, you have a truly dominant talent conference that's going to dominate college football. That's what's about to happen, guys, for real. It's already been happening, but now you have full Texas headed east. And uh, Texas is a great state for football. One thing I've always said about Florida is I've never been in a school where somebody didn't run 4-5. Those kids are raw coming out of that state because the the system is not is set up that way. Uh, but those kids are fast and physical in that state. So it, Texas, this staff was built to recruit from Texas East and with a footprint in Arizona and Southern California. And it's why Texas can be one of the top three or four most talented programs on an annual basis. Okay, Chris Parker says, do you guys still think Texas sits out the linebacker position this year? Unless Ty Anthony Smith wants to jump in. Or Justin Williams. Yeah. Don't get don't get don't get people started on the Georgia flips. That's that's <laughs> but Ty Anthony Smith. Hey. Hey. I love Justin Williams, man. He to me, he's like a Harold Perkins clone. He's, I he's love a, Justin Williams. Hellacious. He might be top three players in the state this year. Hellacious talent. Yeah. All right. And then we're going to go over to Tyler Elmore. He says, can you give me a KJ Lacey comparison? His play style. Haven't seen him play yet. Yeah. So here's my thing with him. And, and, and it's not, it's not hyperbole, but I also don't want to say he's going to go on and be the number one pick in the draft and win Heisman, blah, blah, blah. Here's where Jerry calls him Shadur Sanders. No, <laughs> no, um, uh, I don't, I don't want KJ to play in the big 12. Um, so, <laughs> So KJ to me, it, there's a lot of Bryce Young there, and it's and it starts with the physical stand. I mean, people are like, oh my gosh, he's so skinny. He is skinny in the upper body, but he's actually got a little muscle in his lower body. You've seen him in person, and I'll be back through there next week. But he's going to be a six foot, six foot and a half, 200, 205 pound guy one day, and he's got a long road of physical development in front of him, a long runway, I should say, not road, but runway. But then you get to the gamesmanship he has, just the playmaking, the release, um, that innate accuracy, that anticipation. There's a lot of similarities to Bryce Young. Probably when Sark looked at him, he said, I think I've seen this before. And he turned out pretty well. So, And I'm not saying he's going to be that good. I don't put that on any kid. Um, but I am saying if there's a comp out there for him, that's if people are if you think people are just going to throw out Bryce Young oh because he was the quarterback at Alabama and this kid looks like him physically no there's a lot of similarities the way they play and I think the way their mind works in the game okay and then we got a uh, question here from Fresh Prince 512 he says why little to no interest in the Midlothian wide receiver Bryant Wesco there's plenty of interest plenty there's just none on his end Wesco's all about Clemson. Wesco's all about Dabo and and all that. <laughs> Texas loves him. Wesco was one of the top receivers on the board back in the spring. Wesco, and he's had a, g- a good start to the season already. For whatever reason, he just never really clicked with Texas. I'd love to see them try to rekindle that, but just my time with Bryant, I just don't think he has any interest in UT right now. Hey, I, te- I bring up Ted Apare at 101 p.m. real quick. Because I want to make a point on this kid. Uh, let's see. Xavier Gibson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so 
I, I don't know what y'all's conversation was. I can't keep up, but I want to bring up a point on on a kid like this in Texas. You saw what he did last night, right? That, that uh, yeah, and he. So you don't know Jerry? I, I know. I didn't, I didn't see it last he, night. he won the game in overtime with a punt return for the Jets. I, I yeah. want to say I want to say this about this kid. We had him ranked pretty high at ESPN for a kid that w- w- had no offers and went Southland. I, I he's one of the biggest misses to me in my years doing this. I still don't understand how schools and power five schools did not offer this guy. I had him at Deion Sanders prime 21 camp and he literally played the ball better than anybody at the camp. And there were the highest ranked DBs in the country at Deion's camp that summer when I was with ESPN and Under Armour and ran help run that stuff. He is a total baffles me, totally baffles me to this day how people did not recruit this kid. The kid had unbelievable ball skills. He had unbelievable football quickness instincts you could stick him at wide out he won 50 50 balls he's 5 9 or 5 10 that guy is a hellacious football player it almost makes me angry that he wasn't recruited highly because i'll st- i'll never understand it i'll just never understand how a kid that was that talented did not get recruited to the level he should have and people and anybody comes back and says, well maybe he was a later qualifier there's 150 of those every class People just missed on that guy for whatever reason. He deserved to play at a Power 5 school. He was damn good in high school. Every team in the NFL missed on him, too, except for one. Yep. And now he's got a job. Yeah. He's, yeah. He can he, he, he can, he can build Woodrow Wilson a new uh, weight room in a few years, probably. With him and Sammy Ball and Tim Brown. All right, Stephen Houston has a question about AM. He says, Why do y'all think AM keeps landing five star defense? Why did, why did you put us in this position, Blake? This is just mean. <laughs> Even though well, they put out film like the Miami game time or game time and time again. I think they've got a really good recruiting message. Justin? <laughs> what Jerry said. Hey, it kept getting asked. I had I to know. ask. He, Stephen Houston's been waiting for weeks to take for somebody to take the bait. Well, and it's been asked by like 10 other people <laughs> in this, this chat. And then here's another one that's been asked a lot. But you got to understand about AM. You got to see the other side of this, Stephen. See the other side. Half the kids that signed with AM wind up hitting the portal. They led but, the country but, in portal look, entrance last year. So no matter yeah. what happens, who they sign, there's a 50 50 shot. They're going to lose half of them anyway. Hey, maybe, look, maybe checks don't get cashed. But look, I was joking. I was joking too. But here's the reality, though. And I know Texas fans don't want to hear it, but, you know, even though they went nine and one and had a top five ranking in the COVID year, right? It matters. They beat Alabama. It matters. They've had a lot of D-line guys drafted yes. in recent years. It all matters. I mean, what's go? what's happened there at AM? Um, I think from a culture standpoint and some of those guys, a lot of those guys have left is what you're seeing to decline. But they AM had a run there where they won enough games. Remember when Jimbo got there, they were barely losing to Clemson. They were given Georgia games. They weren't winning those games, but they had a tough schedule. So they had a lot of recruiting showcase games while Texas is over here spinning their wheels. AM had some great recruiting showcase games early on in Jimbo's tenure. They had some guys drafted. They had that one nine and one season. So it looked like it was set up. Then they beat Bam at home. And at the time, Jimbo was the first assistant to ever beat Nick. It was a massive story, right? They had some momentum. They lost it. Okay, let's talk about the 25 class. Now, we should have Dalen Mack on here to talk about it. <laughs> I can get you Dalen Mack. Uh, 
If he's not, not I'd like for him to explain his tweets, but keep going. <laughs> okay, Todd Stan says, what position is the biggest need in the 25 class? Ooh. Defensive tackle. D-tackle, offensive tackle. Receiver. Ah, uh, uh, not receiver. No. Tied in. Tied in. Yeah, for sure. Those are probably the three. I think we're going to keep talking about 25 for a second. Zane Striegel or Striegel, however you say it. <laughs> I know it's early, but do you think our 25 class can be better than the 24 one? Yes. I'll tell, I'll tell you after 11 games, the next 11 games or yes. 10 games. They'll have more room. They'll have higher numbers. They're going to lose a lot of dues to the league. Man. Well, well, that this is why I think 25 and 26 have a chance to be really, really good. Yep. Because they're going to have 9, 10, 11 guys drafted this year. That's it. And you know what? I keep bringing up old buddy TJ Ford. He said, Jerry, anytime we talk about recruiting, Jerry, our number one thing is to hear our name call on draft night. Still, NIL, talk about all the rest. It's draft night. And I always leave people with that in recruiting. All right. Daniel Kinneman says, we're about a month into high school ball. Are there any early senior risers? For Texas, I haven't I haven't heard anybody on the Texas side of it. I think they've liked some guys that maybe you're gonna um, see jump on campus in the next. I'll give you one, Maurice three, Wells, two, safety two, out three, of Red three. Oak, 2024, uh, kind of under the radar. Um, he he had a big he had some big plays in the Lake Belton game. He had a great season last year. He's just surrounded by a lot of D1 talent: Taz Williams, Cam Morgan, Braden Robinson. Maurice Wells, I think that's a guy, DB out of Red Oak, that 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 could that could maybe do something big. I'm thinking of guys that I've seen yeah. in games and in practices this I'll year. T- I'll, t- I'll, tell you was, I'll tell you who was good at a Tascacita Dickinson game was Rodney Bimage, the corner committed to Arizona State. I think I think Arizona State actually has three really good corners out of the state committed. Um, I, hey, by the way, not a riser. But the linebacker Keys going to LSU at Alito's damn. Devon Keys. He's, he's been player. underrated forever. It feels he, he, like he's that instinctive playmaker at linebacker. He's a good player. Chris Cruz is asking, "Do you think Hudson sticks with Tech?" I mean, yeah, yeah, no yeah. question. I uh, you, you talked. You mentioned Atascosa, so I want to get back to that for one second because we had a question from Des Gar- uh, Garrett. He says, "Have the Horns looked at Tory Blaylock?" As an athlete, from look, he's on the running back board somewhere on that board. I, they like Harlem Berry. Uh, they like Simon at Calvary Baptist. Tiger Ridden. Yeah, and then obviously Jordan Davidson. But Tory Blaylock's on that board somewhere. Um, he, and I'll tell you what, I saw him play season opener. He's put on some good weight. You know, last year he looked uh, – his dad and his dad, great player at Atlanta, played in the NFL, trains kids now in that uh, uh, humble area. Um, he's put on some good weight. He was a little slight, but I think his dad's been bringing him along slowly. But he has more of a running back build this year. Um, I, I think he's definitely a, a guy that uh, when these colleges, these power fives turn on the junior tape, they're going to view him a little differently than sophomore tape because they're going to see a more physical player. And then we have a question here from Garrett Smith, who says, what's y'all's expert opinion on Kalik Lockett, the 25 wide receiver? He's a, he's a decent little – he's a decent recruit. He was actually on campus back in uh, late January, early February. He's a decent recruit. I don't know where Texas is on him right now. I think he's the second tier, though. Yeah, really really like his feet. He can gear down. Guys that can gear down can create separation. I like Kalik Lockett. I, I think he's a very, very good Football player. I also want to say this because it got me thinking. 
Who's the best prospect I've seen in person this year? Um, I'm going to throw a name out, guys. Isaiah Williams at Fort Bend Marshall. There's a 20, he's a 2026 safety. Um, and all I'll tell you about him is this. When I walk out on the field doing this as long as I have, and I look at him physically, and I saw him this summer, then saw him again last Thursday, saw him physically, then watched his movement skills. He looks like what Georgia and Bam have been playing with the last 15 years. He's high, high level national prospect at safety. High. He's going to be 6'2", 210, with a 77, 78-inch wingspan, and he is explosive. He sticks his foot in the ground, and he does something with it. He's big, big-time prospect. Uh, Dustin Gilly has an interesting question. Which state produces the least amount of talent of the southern states? Least in numbers? Kentucky. Least in numbers? Kentucky, because it's a basketball state. Yeah, and I kind of draw the cutoff. Like, I go work south of Tennessee and Kentucky, but yes, Kentucky. Um, South Carolina by the numbers, but their per capita is pretty high. They have some really good players coming out of that state, but numbers-wise, they don't produce uh, even what Mississippi does. Um, I think, you know, what's interesting is um, Alabama, the state of Alabama, may produce more physical guys in football than any state right in that recent years. And I don't know if that's because Nick's success and Auburn's success combined and more kids drifted to football instead of being basketball focused as young kids because they see all these kids getting drafted out of those two states. But, man, the top-ranked kids out of that state turn out, and they're physical players. Um, so, But, yeah, Kentucky and South Carolina are your two that produce the least. Would you say South Carolina's top-heavy? Because you got like a Jadavian Clowney and a Marcus Lattimore. And I think Nicholas Harbor may have been from – I can't remember if he's from South he's Carolina. DC, he was D.C., but, I mean, they've had – Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. They, they're they've had, yeah they're, they're, they produce like some top national guys. Right. They, ha- they have a high per capita. They just don't produce enough of them uh, is their deal. But but they, they have really good talent in that state. Okay. Yeah, first Hopefully. that LSU's offered, already offered Isaiah Williams, as has Texas. I mean, Isaiah Williams now, he's a dude. He's a dude in a dude's world on football, in football. I love the safety out of uh, Waco Conley, Jamari and Vincent. Um, he's already has a couple offers, 2026. 20, he's going to – he plays quarterback in safety, but he's going to be a safety at the next level, about 6'2 and a half, probably 170, 175 pounds. He's a little skinny, plays, plays basketball, runs track. Um, and in the two times I've seen him play this year, he's made interceptions in both games. And so that's a ball hawking type guy that he, he's twitchy. He's athletic. He's not Jelani McDonald yet, but he's next up. Um, somebody asked, does Texas look at athletes from El Paso? Yeah, they were, they, they evaluate the yeah. whole state of Texas for sure. They had that, they looked at that running back a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, they've looked at an offensive lineman out there. Can't yeah. Remember. And then always Dre Jones. That's the one I always think of. Uh, of course, one of our favorite members at IT Malays. Mr. El Paso, which he told me means the Paso. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Robert Muhammad says, if we lose Colin Sweat and Murphy to the draft, do we have the recruits to battle Michigan and Georgia's O-lines next season? Yeah, I say, yeah. Well, Michigan's got seven draftable (laughs) grades on the offensive line this year, so they're going to be younger. Yes, for sure, because Texas develops players. I mean – I, I, I'm going to st- I'm standing by that. Uh, I think Texas develops players. Sadir Mitchell now the next year, totally different player. 
Jure Bledsoe, what you're seeing now, think about him at 290 next year. Yeah, and Texas, Texas will be fine. DeAndre Robinson, Alex January, early enrollees. Trill Carter is not healthy right now. He'll be back next year. He's played 500 snaps. He's honorable mention all Big Ten. He's just wearing a big old left knee brace and can't move right now. He's obviously battling through something. So, uh, And Texas will – yeah, they'll either add a fourth guy or they'll – Add somebody at the portal like a Trill Carter. I think Texas is going to be just fine at that position. I know some people don't think so. I think they're going to be fine because they develop talent. And don't and be Vernon shocked. Brown. Yeah, go ahead. Don't be shocked if Byron Murphy doesn't leave. Don't be surprised. You mean doesn't come back? No, I mean doesn't. I mean he comes back. Yeah, yeah, right. Don't yeah. be shocked Brown, if Byron Murphy comes back. Yeah, it, it, nothing would shock because there's going to be an all, all opportunities. There you go. Drafts. And then, hey, Vernon Broughton. Vernon Broughton has a year left, technically, too. So, I mean, there's they're, they're going to be they're going to be fine. Um, I think Sadir Mitchell's development's big, and Jare Bledsoe's development's big heading into next year. All right, David Williams wants y'all's opinion on Hampton. He says, "I like him, but I view him as a less athletically gifted Terry Busty. I think he can play <laughs> defensive back or wide receiver in college. I'm not sure if he's fast enough for slot wide receiver. What do y'all think? I like him at safety." Or nickel. I like him. I like him on defensive side of the ball. I think he's a playmaker. And look, I I think he's a quality player. I, I Justin and I may have differing opinions on this. I just feel like safety with the playmaking where Texas needs it, and considering what they have at receiver at slot already with DeAndre Moore, Ryan Niblett, Jonte Cook could even play there. You can play Jonte anywhere. I think it leads Aaron to safety long term. Aaron Hampton's not a wide receiver at Texas. He's not. He's not fast enough. Not close. He's a safety. All right, guys, we got time for a few more questions here. Mark Meyer says, do y'all have any examples of recruits that didn't like Texas when they first started getting recruited, but they ended up signing and turned out loving the school? Neto Umiozulu. Hmm. He didn't like Texas early. Um, Vince Young. <laughs> <laughs> Chance Mock. Hey, hey, look, Vince Young wanted to go to LSU or Florida State. Chris Sims. He wasn't on. Uh, Vince, Vince Young wanted to go Miami. He wanted to go LSU. He, LSU, I think, was one for him. Then FSU, Miami were in there. Miami was his second school. Every Everybody wanted to play him as an athlete or wide receiver. But yeah. he, he yeah. wasn't feeling Texas. Not Tim until Bruce. he went to that basketball game and they Tim announced Bruce. him at halftime. And they Tim went Bruce nuts to, chanting his name. Tim Brewster had to do a lot of work on that, along with the head coach, uh, the former head coach at Madison. So that, there's one. Um, I, I'm trying to think. There's been there's been some other guys, obviously. Um, you know, AM thought they were going to get Roy Williams for a long time. Bobby's told you that story. Um, LSU thought they were getting Caden Stearns. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there, that's, yeah, a good, there, that's a good question. That'd be a good post. It would just yeah. take a lot of research. Yeah, uh, hard, hard to beat VY, but he's probably starts it. We'll see what we come up with after that. All right, guys, let's go two more here. Stephen Houston says, what area of the country would y'all like Texas to get into that they previously haven't? North Carolina, east of – in the research Golden Triangle area and east into the small towns of Carolina. It just comes down to how much time you have. Um, I think that state per capita puts out some really good athletes with size. Um, I mean, you, you just look at some of the players that have played at Georgia, North Carolina, and Clemson, Tennessee. They put out some really good talent in that state. 
but it's just it's almost a time thing. You don't have time to go recruit everybody. Uh, but that's the one state for me. Some people would say Virginia, but those Virginia kids go to the Big Ten. They go to Penn State. They go to Ohio State. And it's always going to be tough to beat them on those kids. North Carolina, you can go win the battles if you have the time to get into them. Justin, what's your answer? Hey, Robert Muhammad, Devin Duvernay, that's a great one. He was I don't know if he disliked Texas, but he was obviously going to Baylor. Yeah. That's a good one too. Um, I, I like Virginia. I like Virginia. I like Pennsylvania. Um, but I think Texas pretty much goes coast to coast for the most part. I would have said Hawaii, so I could you know make a recruiting trip out there. But they, they they're out there. <laughs> they're out there with a couple guys. And so uh, yeah, Texas is already coast to coast. But if they dipped a little deeper into a few other spots. Like Jerry said, North Carolina, Virginia, places like that, I think they'd be a little bit better. Ryan Nelson brought up a, a thing that I always say. Uh, Beamer hid the Newport kids for a long time. Uh, well, here's I, here's the thing. Huddle killed the what, Virginia Tech. Um, YouTube and Huddle killed the Virginia Tech program in a way. because Michael before, Vick was no longer going under the radar. Before that, all those small towns, all Wrong those kids, Curry. they would sign linebackers to go in the first and second round that the big schools didn't know about. YouTube and Huddle really hurt the Virginia programs, especially Virginia Tech. Okay, thoughts on Caden Durham's tweet? I haven't seen his tweet, so I don't I don't know what that's in reference to. If somebody wants to pull up Caden's Durham's, I'll pull it up real quick. Not a Texas target. (laughs) All right. Well, while you pull it up, Jerry, I'm going to ask this last question, and it's from Joe McWaters preaches sometimes. He says, what's the most reliable predictor of success for a recruit? Justin, I'm going to let you go first. How they handle time management without their parents in the same house. Honestly, that's a, I've learned that is such a gigantic factor. You know, that's why I love a kid like a Jordan Johnson Rubel. He grew up in Fort Worth, you know, friends with Corey and and Kobe. I mean, a bunch of those guys, Anthony Hill, all those guys. And then goes to IMG Academy. And literally, you have to you have to mature overnight. And if you go to IMG and you can get your time management down and you can make good decisions and be mentally prepared and be you know emotionally strong, that's going to get you prepared for when you go to a Texas, a Florida, a USC, an Ohio State, because it's it's a job. I tell recruits all the time, once you sign, that's a contract. You're you're on the job now. It's a full-time job. And so to me, the most reliable predictor is how they manage being a college athlete, how they manage their time, what the decisions they make, how much they're on social media. Um, To me, that gives that, I mean, athleticism obviously is a big factor. Size, frame, potential. Those are all physical factors. And I've seen a thousand, Jerry, if I've seen a hundred of them, Jerry's seen a thousand of them that didn't work because they weren't mentally ready. They weren't mentally strong or mentally prepared when they hit that freshman wall, when they don't get on the depth chart as a sophomore, but then they do grind and they do develop as a junior. And then as a senior, they become a contributor or a good player. Time management, how these kids, 18 year olds, 19 year olds handle their time when they don't have mom and dad looking over them anymore. Matthew Hutchison, thank you for the uh, super chat. I'll buy some Pringles for the road. Wait a minute. I want to see what did he give? And then we're going to split it. What did he give? For rubble treats. Uh, <laughs> rubble. Hey. 
Rebel. <laughs> Matthew, I'm sorry. That don't be disrespectful. Somebody gave you something. <laughs> um, yeah. So the tweet about Caden Durham, I think he's in reference to commit to the program or the coach. Uh, that's probably if you're talking about a certain school not developing talent. Maybe he also removed the tweet. I don't see the one that talks about that. But you know, look, uh, all that stuff is gone. It's gone bye bye. Okay, but I want your most reliable predictor because I gave <laughs> a fantastic. Oh, oh, I gave <laughs> listen, Jay, I gave the best answer. Okay, Wait, so fantastic, yeah. really. Okay, I want to hear yours though. <laughs> you love football more than you love running out from under the tunnel on Saturday. It, do you? I think that's what's always made A and M and Texas tough jobs because I think everything that goes along uh, uh, with being a student athlete at AM in Texas is so awesome. And it really is. People can say what they want about AM or not, but it is. Just go around all the they're living no different. Life. I mean there it's 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 good stuff, right? Yeah. Do you love football more than you love running out from under the tunnel and the things that go along with being a football player at Texas or Texas AM or LSU or Georgia at any of these places. Um and I think more so than ever because of NIL, social media, um the coaches have to do a good job sifting through that. Um, but, you know, I always rem- remember a story that uh, Will Muschamp told me about Earl Thomas. First in the film, last one to leave during his red shirt year. That was so telling of a guy that had his talent levels, future success. And what happens if Robert Joseph doesn't get arrested? Oh, yeah. Does Earl Thomas even see the field? Well, there? Andre, uh, yeah, and then there's Andre Jones, the D tackle, may have been the most talented D tackle Mac recruited at Texas. Yeah, Robert Joseph was coming for your soul. He yeah. was going to be a starter early. If he's not, if he's there, I don't know how much we hear about Earl Thomas. Yeah, yeah Robert Joseph is very talented. All right, guys. Screens. I'm gonna I'm gonna show both y'all's answers to my oldest son when he gets out of school. <laughs> he needs to hear both of those things. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this edition of the recruiting breakdown. Uh, anything that you guys want to promote that you have coming up later today? Uh, Justin's gonna have a story about Michael Fasusi coming up. There it is. I get off this Joker. Yeah, we have, uh, we have a uh, visitors list story coming out in about an hour. Um, so we'll just continue to. Hit on the recruiting stuff. And by the way, it's an early visitors list. It'll continue to build headed into the week. We're only on Tuesday here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, then we're following uh, we're following all the uh, recruiting trends that are uh, very positive after the win against uh, over Alabama. So we'll uh, we'll have it all for you to Inside Texas. Be sure and check it out. Hey, we got a promo going right now there. Hey, come see us. Come come hang out with us. Uh, we've got a great community. It's 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 popping right now. It's, it was popping before Alabama, but now it, it, everybody's having such a good time. Come hang out with us. Let us earn your business, man. We love doing this. I think it comes through on the videos. I think it comes through in our work. Um, just keep just 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 give us a shot. Come hang out with us at Inside Texas and uh, keep up those super chats because Rubble needs uh, some new treats. That's right. And speaking of Inside Texas, uh, for new members, you can use promo code OT. Fit 23 or OTFIT 23. Uh, $1 for two months. You got to select the monthly offer. It's for new members only. So be sure to take advantage of that if you haven't already. Hey, Blake, last year, Jesse Ullman said, Jerry, do you still feel, feel good about the silent? I feel good about the silence. Yes. That's a good way go. to end it. <laughs> the, si- the, the lack of the high or the silence. lack of the, of the buy? Silence. <laughs> 
All right, guys, and then don't forget, Jerry, you and Bobby have a video coming out here in just a little bit. We do on 2022 class. We're going to take a look at that 2022 recruiting class, how they're doing at Texas. Take a look at that, what Bobby and I think of Texas, those top kids. How's that class panning out? How's that development within that class? And we combine it with the portal class, which is Quinn Ewers, Ryan Watts, and a couple of Bama players that aren't here anymore. Uh, but we really we get into that 2022 class, and I think it's a good look at why Steve Sarkeesian has had the right plan in recruiting at Texas and just why they're going to develop so many players. And then, of course, Jerry, Rod, and myself will be back at 7 o'clock tonight for the live stream, so be sure to tune in for that, get you up to get your questions in yet again. Um, and then head on over to InsideTexas.com for the latest and greatest in all things the Longhorn recruiting, team news, anything and everything. Thank you all for tuning in. We want to thank Chase Yarbrough and Goosehead Insurance for sponsoring the show. And we'll see you next time. You can get some treats.